Welcome to Owen and Brew's Barbecue. We are back today cooking up something special for you. We got something called Krill Spacha. If you haven't seen the, the latest episode of The Mandalorian, you better watch mm. it before you listen to this episode. Today, uh, we have some, some chefs in the house. Uh, I, I would say, as always, uh, Nick, is, you know, he's, he's, he might be my number one chef, um, aside from... Uh, Jay, are the owner of Owen and Brew's Barbecue, apparently, as <laughs> I was, I was told, Jay, uh, that yes. uh, you were the owner. Uh, of Who said that? Ralph did on a previous podcast. Oh my god! And I um, myself, my name is Matt. So, as always, did you? I, I try. I try to think of uh, all the podcasts on the Change Second where his independent uh, solar systems. Uh, or galaxies or whatever that are you know under the banner of the uh, of the republic or whatever you know just you have the support of us okay um, but it's your own it's you can walk away from the network if you want to you can become separatist oh oh okay separatist wow you're, you're yeah don't don't tempt Nick <laughs> that's our next season we're gonna have a prequel own and brew season where it's really oh. a trade dispute like for yeah. the whole first half of the season it, really engaging stuff. Well, depending on how Rise of, Rise of Skywalker hits Nick, that might actually happen. So, it's true. true. Yeah, you know, but I will say, I think we talked about this like on the chat because Disney Plus has all the Star Wars movies, and I watched Phantom Menace for the first time since I saw it in the theaters twenty wow. years ago. And I, it's yeah. honestly not that bad. I exactly. feel like just years of like people crapping on Jar Jar Binks. I was like, you know what? It's he's he's no less annoying than C three PO in the original ones. True. Maybe a bit more. The you know, I mean, kid, friendly, but I my yeah. son actually really liked Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. The plot is solid. The music is solid. I mean, episode yeah. one is good. It's just the fact that just in everyone's mind, you know, the original trilogy is so good, and they wanted that same feel, and it is there, but it's also, I mean, it, it just had that polished look to it. I think, and mm-hmm. then yeah. exactly, and then Jar Jar was annoying, so people just nitpicked it to death. Uh, but I, I mean, episode two to me is the only weak link in the original. I mean, the prequel trilogy. Uh, yeah, because I, I, I watched that one second. I had to like stop midway through because that whole middle section is just so boring. Oh my yeah. god! There's only there's only one section I will fast forward every single time over, and it's when Anakin and and uh, Padme are on uh, her home planet Naboo, and she's like the little island over there. We'd walk over there and. And let the sand the sand dry uh, dry on our skin. Try to guess the names of the birds singing. And I'm like, oh my god, who says this crap? I mean, it just it, that line drives me up the wall. And like I, you know, it's just like when you're doing screen testing or whatever. Like, d- do they have chemistry? Because holy crap, there's just no, no true chemistry. And when they say they love it, it's just like, and they, oh god, it's just so bad. And, and I've so seen Emily Portman in other movies. She can have some chemistry with people. Yes, she's great. And then Hayden Christian uh, is is a, is a great actor outside the trilogy. So you have to blame George Lucas on that one. But I can't. I, I mean, know. can you name the only movie I've seen him actually do a good job with Shattered Glass? Can you name anything else he's done good good in? Oh, what? Like, does he have like what that and that and Jumper? Jumper, yeah. Jumper's not really acting though. Mm, no, no. Well, I didn't want to turn this into a ramble cast where I was on IMDb. After. <laughs> hey, we're still talking Star Wars. Okay. Well, no, no, no. Totally in vain. Totally yeah. in vain. But uh, once I start pulling out that IMDb to look up people's, uh, then I feel like I'm on a ramble cast. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, guys. 
that's that's quite all right. Um, Anyways, I don't own Owen and Bruce. It is a you guys are, are an amazing <laughs> group of people that put on a fantastic show, and I I am happy to sponsor and and make this show available to them. <laughs> Well, we're glad to have you on on board. Uh, I, I I know you like Star Wars, and I know you love talking about it. So you know, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be on. Yeah, um, we're already halfway through the Mandalorian, though. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's we're we're in this like little golden age right here, or this golden month of of having a TV TV show and a movie coming out. So I don't know. I don't know. it's and it's it's interesting where you know I'm just I'm kind of curious because. The response has been so positive to Mandalorian. I think it's well warranted, but mm-hmm. it's not without, you know, things you could probably nitpick or be complaining about. But I'm just, I'm wondering, because a lot of times when the thing first comes out in stars, it was like, yeah, this is so cool. And then there's like some, somehow at the afterwards, some subset of Star Wars online fandom just starts to be like, well, well actually it's just this, blah, blah, blah. And they hate it. So I'm just curious to see if, if Mandalorian will have a, a similar effect, but episode three was amazing. And I thought they're going to like try and cool the jets a little bit. Cause episode three was so like action packed, but mm-hmm. uh, this is another really enjoyable episode, even though that complaint that not a lot happens, you could, right. you could probably say that, but still it was, it, it was an enjoyable story. And again, the Mandalorian as a character and, and the people that kind of comes across in his journeys are, it's a compelling story. I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, I think that they did cool it down a little bit this episode. Uh, I thought it was the weakest of the four. Um, I still enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I'm not shit uh, crapping on it. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't want to pull a Ralph. Um, you said shit. You said yeah, shit. C H I T. They had yeah. chit ones. Yeah. That's um, it's a Star Wars term too. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I, exactly. I, I thought plot wise, not much that ha- not much happened. I thought the the, uh, the the cuteness of Baby Yoda is what made this episode phenomenal. <laughs> Is that you have, right. you have like four good scenes of Baby Yoda, and you're like, oh, that's all I need. I don't. You know. Him sipping the broth. I the mean, broth, just like yeah. mm-hmm. this thing has been meme worthy since the beginning. But man, there's just been so many good ones with it, him sipping the broth. It's the just, sipping the broth almost overshadows what is probably the funniest one for any parent or non-parent, which is the button pushing. The very beginning, yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely, yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, so. The the button pushing one, I, I just have to mention a, a personal uh, story. Um, when I was a kid, my dad um, had this pickup truck, which had two gas tanks. I, I know it's weird. Um, a left Ford. gas tank and a, and a right gas tank. Yeah, Fords did that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm a kid or what have, have you. And it was back when uh, MPGs were like seven. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And uh, we would be driving along and, you know, I'm, I'm four years old. I just push buttons. And so all of a sudden I'm just pushing the gas tank button. He wouldn't have the whole thing filled on both sides. It would just, oh, he would be losing power because there was no gas. And so I, I I completely related with baby Yoda. Yeah. I've been awesome. And my dad being like, what is going on? Why are we losing? Oh, okay. I see what you did. I thought that was like, you know, sorry, that is a bit of a ramble cast thing. Though. But yeah, exactly. I, my first truck I had was like 85 or 86 Ford. Same thing. I had dual tanks. I think both of them, I think, were 14 gallons in each tank. So, but yeah, you usually just fill up one because gas was so cheap back then. You're like, ah, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. 
No, I, I, but there is something about old cars where, you know, I used to have a, a, a very good friend of mine. He had this old 80s BMW and we called it episode four just because the whole control <laughs> panel and everything was just so like new hope where you just have these like, you know, little lights and all these mm-hmm. little buttons and crap like that. So, um, you know, I, I do, I do enjoy, and I know, you know, Nick hates uh, the the post uh, episode seven stuff, but I feel like what they've done well is like capture at least the feel of what the original trilogy had, um, and that's the one thing that only really bugged me about the the prequel trilogy is didn't have that feel of like being in the Star Wars universe, which was like this dirty, mm-hmm. very lived in space. Um, yeah, well, like I. I me and Matt briefly touched on this before we hit record, but I mean, I just didn't like episode seven because I felt it was a copy of a new hope, which episode one is too in a way, but it still felt like star Wars. I've always said that it does. It sticks to the George Lucas structure of six little stories tied together. Whereas Mm -hmm. in the last Jedi does not is three arcs that are, and it feels more like a traditional movie instead of a star Wars film. And that's where to me, it felt very foreign. That's so, Rain Johnson. Oh, that's SOB. I'm just, I saying, love I'm just saying for 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 pacing and the way it was, it just didn't feel like Star Wars. I don't care. Luke, <laughs> throw away that lightsaber. You go. <laughs> you be your own Jedi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Screw you, Dad Anakin. <laughs> Well, speaking of uh, things that copy things from the past, this episode's plot, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we, we also talked about this, uh, Seven Samurai, which uh, Magnificent Seven, uh, mm-hmm. same plot. and it's been done again and again. Uh, Nick, you wanted to mention a, a very famous uh, Western movie. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, saw the Magnificent Seven, but there's seven of them. So I went with the other copy, which was the Three Amigos. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I felt. I was like, "This is a Three Amigos" because you have uh, you have the you know the people coming in. Same as same as in the last uh, uh, like seven. You know, you have the uh, the people coming in, robbing them. You have to hire the hi- the hired guns to to to, uh, to save them. Mm-hmm. Like, and then the, the training of the village people with the sticks. You know, it's like ah, you know. So like to me, it's like it's like all you need is you know an El Wapo, which you don't really have. You do see him, but he doesn't get his justice in the end. So I I always figured he was in the. The, the actual ATST. He so. might have been, but we'll so, never know. Yeah, we won't. So, like, the, yeah, to me, there's like, there's parts that I think are maybe the main takeaways from this, which was his kind of connection with, uh, and I'm blanking on her name, whatever the. O- Omera. The, the actress? Omera. Um, and, uh, I don't know. Just the char- character's name is Omera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're like, there's a connection there, and that seems that might be something that's more significant down the road. And then. Um, and then the the shock trooper, or, or what's her name? Kara Dane. Dune. Yeah, Dune. Okay. Yeah. Um, like that's a, and I thought that was really interesting, kind of going into like what happened after the the fall of the empire. Like that thing is really interesting to me. So yeah, uh, that I agree. Was kind of, it was just kind of like little, it was little nuggets of like deeper mm-hmm. things um, in this episode that kind of was just a bit of a a replay of. Uh, Seven Samurai. Or, I agree. Uh, like I, I, I always like those little nuggets as well. It helps you understand little things because exactly like what happens to the rebel troopers once the war is over. And you know, she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, we became security. We became protectors." It's like, and I didn't sign up for that. It's like, yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. And and it's it's interesting to maybe maybe even to 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 think about these two aspects. Like you have a plot that's like 
everybody knows this plot. Like we can all get it behind this plot, like small village being overrun by a bully. Um, and then you have these little, little nuggets for the star Wars fans. So you, you can kind of like bridge the gap between like those geeks out there that are, that are like, Oh, that was a loaf cat. We're yeah. going to get something from rebels, you know? And you know, those, those casual star Wars fans that are just like baby Yoda messed with a cat. Alien cat. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like give me the action. You know those those Klaatuni, Klaatuian raiders. You know, uh, which these, that, yeah, go ahead. Ahead. Leslie, no. that, that was the one thing that I from the get go. That's one of the first things you see. I kind of went. It's like I just wanted to go. The time of the orc. <laughs> you know, <'cause> like, <laughs> that's what I felt it was. It was just like, oh, the, did they stop by the Lord of the Rings set and steal all their armor <laughs> for a second? That is cost reduction, so that makes yeah. sense. Use, so. <laughs> cost reduction also um apparently there was a boom mic in this yeah. this episode so and a, really and a, oh, Star- nice. and a starbucks cup somewhere <laughs> <laughs> but you know i so i it's part of me is like okay if they want to do this for a long time they're probably just putting little bits and pieces but i really do hope that they are planning you know at, obviously this has been successful and they probably want to do more of it that we can actually get to spend more time and something that's more in in depth into kind of the post empire falling mm-hmm. mythology um because it just it seems like such a rich uh collection of stories that i that i would love to see um which that saying that reminds me of the kathleen kennedy like things like what's well, so difficult because there's not Oops. you know a bunch of comic books and things to kind of reference for star wars and then people are like see all the extended that <laughs> you decanonized yeah no kidding like tons of novels and um you know and there's there's parts of me that, that are like if they reference one of those things from those novels like i'm both like happy and also like betrayed i'm like what you could have just used this plot um right? Or so, you know, all I'm gonna say is just like don't don't say the whole thing making it uncanon mm-hmm. because like you get comic books like they just redo themselves over and over again anyway. So just like it's it's your source material. Like I I just to me that one still is just kind of like a head scratcher. Um, yeah. Where you know Disney I think did a really good job with Marvel just letting Kevin maybe they were just lucky to have Kevin Feige that kind of just took it and was able to kind of make it because the actual Marvel executives seem to be kind of. Uh, clueless to how to, to operate it, but you know, maybe it's just Star Wars hasn't had that kind of guiding figure that really gets it. Well, is well shepherding it well. I would, I would say, yeah, I would say Dave Filoni is that person um, who who helmed Rebels. He he was part of Clone Wars. Clone Wars. So, mm-hmm. You know, he's, he was basically George Lucas's uh, Star Wars son. We can call him, and he really does have the knowledge, and he has the fans behind him. And he's a great guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, is he in a position of power with him coming back and doing maybe I'm just not as in tune with So he you know, he was it. he was still there when Lucas still had control. He did the Clone Wars, you know, he did Rebels, and Kathleen Kennedy's even admitted that now everything she consults with him first. He 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 so definitely consulting yeah. him. Why isn't he running it? I guess he should right. be. I mean, I think I think Kathleen Kennedy though. As soon as this trilogy is done, like she probably have a year or two, and then will step down or retire because I mean, she's been producing and been you know for forty over forty years. Mm-hmm. And again, but, it's not to knock Kathleen Kennedy. I mean, like right. look at her look at her resume. It's amazing. Like yeah. I, I rewatched E. T. this weekend because that commercial was oh so actually amazing. Yes, I was like, I'm gonna watch E. T. again too. And it's like, yeah, Kathleen Kennedy produced. I mean, she just has her long list of amazing films. So it's not to discount her contributions, but I just think clearly 
if she's the one at the helm of the, the Star Wars thing that, that she hasn't really quite been in tune with kind of meeting what the totality of fans want where Marvel, you know, is also taking chances and driving things forward. Like the, the end game plot is kind of on, on just spec and script. It's kind of ridiculous, but everybody loved the crap out of that thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, there's no reason why Star Wars can't do the same thing. Right. I, and I think the, even with the steps with, with the Mandalorian, the fact that uh, Dave Filoni was, was involved with, I mean, he was the director of the first episode mm-hmm. and, and clearly he has his fingerprints in, in a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, I, I only assume that he created the loath cat, although I know there are a thousand artists that like are behind um, him, but I do feel like he has a voice in, in this show. So I'm, I am excited moving forward because if, if we even look at the clone wars and rebels, that first season of both of those those shows were a little little wonky, you know, and didn't appeal to all of the Star Wars fans. But boy, by the time you got to season two and season three um, of those shows, it really started to brew like a good krill spacha, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your what's your count on how many times you can drop krill spacha? <laughs> I don't know, but I, I did want to mention that all of the 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 people of Sorgan or this village that we see that are that are raising these krill, right? That we, we I mean it opens on that peaceful, peaceful scene of the krill. They're kind of a neon <laughs> blue. Yeah. And um their clothing actually has that blue in it. So it's very nice, like interwoven world building here. Like we can we can only assume that they died, you know, they use the dye from the, the krill to like make their blue, you know, on their their outfits. So um, and then, then the village that the Mandalorian walks into, or that little—I I guess it's a, not a vi- outpost or something. Yeah, you know, uh, they actually are are serving up some of the spacha that uh, I assume that they trade with those those villagers to to get. So um, there's just some nice interwoven like world building on on such can a small. I just, if yeah. I can just like, do a bit of like nitpicking on the and, and just something from this episode, please do. Um, is <laughs> Like you would think if this person was, you know, in the rebel Alliance and everything, she would clearly know how to get rid of a chicken walker and ATSC. It's like if, if the Ewoks could do it with like logs and rocks and crap like that, like, like clearly we know how to beat these things. Like, how did she not like reference anything? You know what we need to do is just set some tree logs over here and we're rolling down the hill and then it'll get like, whoa, flip over. Like. <laughs> and, and she was involved with the post Endor. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Battle of Endor should be like one of those things in the history books, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she's like, well, let me pull out my Ewok manual here. I think, I think you're you're failing to ask the real question, though. It's like, you're in a backwater planet where hardly any people live. How the heck did an ATST get there in the first place? Hmm. <laughs> good question. It's a good question. But maybe, yeah, who the hell knows? I mean, maybe maybe it is kind of like, you know, post-Soviet Union uh, falling, and then so all their weapons, like they're just selling kind of on black market and stuff like that. I'm sure it's something similar with like all those empire weapons and weapons of war or whatever. And and the the Lego set, which is the only Mandalorian Lego set that's out there on the market um, right now, uh, is the ATST, has -hmm. some really cool kind of like... uh, different paint jobs on the legs and what have you. So um, it, it definitely feels like they've, they've taken it over. I mean, it's got red eyes. Like that was something kind of, I just assumed yeah. that was like internal lighting. Oh, yeah, same here. 
I, yeah, I, it's like, you know, have you ever had a military flashlight when you were a kid? You know, you had the blue lens, the red lens, because like a red lens ends up, it doesn't affect your uh, night vision. So you can, so I figured that was like a red so you could see at night. And they can yeah. develop photography in there too. That too. Yeah. That's what they're, that's what the, the co-pilot does. You know, it's, it's kind of <laughs> useful. So so. It's in a dark room. It's just mainly so you don't, you know, overexpose your paper, your film. Yeah. yeah. So, so they're, they're taking pictures of the krill or the squids that land. And this darker. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm mixing my Watchmen with my. This is like the squids, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, also, we get some some cool stuff from the Mandalorian, though, as far as we get to see his tracking vision, which I thought was kind of like a little nice. You know, it's like we, we shot Predator. Shot a, <laughs> well, I mean, the footprints it comes in later. You know, we we see him tracking uh, Cara Dune at the beginning, but then we also see see him using it to track down these these Clatoonian Clatoonians. No, it's cool. Yeah. Cla- yeah. Clatoonian. Yeah. That's what I wrote now. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I just think it's because we've seen that twice now and it makes total sense because he is a bounty hunter to have this type of predatory technology because mm-hmm. you see it, you know, in was it episode two? Yeah. Where he's, you know, he's using his gun, you know, he can see thermal through the wall, you know, and so he's like, oh, that's like predator. And this one now he's, he's seeing the leftover heat. Mm-hmm. from her footprints so you're like oh, okay that's what predator did that as well so you're like oh okay that's, i just i think it's neat but it's like it makes sense so i've never i've never watched the clone wars but with the whole him not taking the helmet off thing is that something that is post uh the clone wars that they've kind of adopted i assume if that's the case that since they were kind of all hunted or whatever this is their way to kind of protect their identities or something like that but uh, i didn't we we did I, discuss this i think last episode at least i know i did um um <laughs> We'll go ahead and refresh Jay. Yeah. Sorry. So there are many different clans of Mandalorians out there. Mm -hmm. And my guess is the clan that he in is probably what's remnants of Death Watch, which Death Watch in the Clone Wars is these, it's this, it's this clan of Puritan Mandalorians that believe everything literally, you know, and like they're honorable and they're to the death and all this. And they're that way. They don't take their helmets off ever. Um, where then yeah. there uh, in Rebels, you have a Sabine who is a Mandalorian as well, who does take her helmet off frequently. And, and she's so, in a different clan, and you get to see her clan yeah. who also takes t- they take their helmets off. So, so I, just maybe a different sect. Okay, right. Like I kind of liken it to you know you have you have different. Uh, you know, Christians that believe in different, you know, right. like, oh, exactly. you know, that makes sense. so, um, or he's, he's in a cult. So, <laughs> or it's just like, or he just met the whole showing who Django and Boba Fett thing was uh, kind of made the characters kind of lame. Let's just, uh, <laughs> maybe, he's, maybe his face is messed up. Maybe he's like, you know, the mountain in, in game of Thrones, you know, and he just he can't take it off. What's he? I mean, it's the same guy who played or- Oberyn Martell, and he was a pretty hot. Same. Dude, so. He is missing his eyes, you know. Like he's just, <laughs> so. Spoiler alert! <laughs> so, so you think uh, we're going to see him actually? Like, we're going to see the the character by the end of the season? I, I guarantee you, by the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be a reveal on the last episode. Yeah, yeah. they're setting that up. But, but I do, I do kind of get like not showing his face because. It, it's like Vader too. It's like Vader's is like total badass, yeah. you know, seven foot tall, just you know, uh, intimidating presence. And then you see like the back of his head, and it's like just a defigured curly. Um, and then like you, just kind of this, this old pasty white dude is like, oh, okay, well, that's not that. Okay, it's kind of lame. Um, so like I, I do, 
there is something to the original stars that did well. It's just like not not giving too much away. Like telling midichlorians, like I kind of enjoy just to kind of get more inside baseball kind of stuff. But it does take a bit away of the kind of mystery of, of mm-hmm. what makes yeah. it special. I agree. Um, you know, it's just, that's what I love about the mid seventies to mid eighties movie period is that you know the wampa you just see the arm you know and that's it so you have so much in your brain going what is this thing you know and then later on they add it in you're like oh okay yeah what's that yeah jaws too right sorry the first jaws movie or jaws (laughs) as well uh where you know they didn't have the money and the thing didn't work right so they had and your own imagination fills in far more far more menacing a presence than probably you know any technology could do you know, it's like the, the interrogation scene in, in A New Hope when that probe ball oh, yeah. comes in with the shot, you know, and you're just like, yeah. oh, like we don't get to see what, what they do to her, but you can only imagine that. Uh, that that scene um, is probably only second to the uh, the escape from the Death Star you know, with the whole, you know, uh, TIE fighters. You know, that pacing of that, the shot of that is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But I love that scene um, because, you know, you see – the music of that, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, then then just the fact that you see the needle come down, you see Vader, look, you see her look at the the fear and then the door just, and then it pans over to just the the trooper walking away. I mean, that is one of the greatest little editing shots, I think of the entire film. to to Cliff Armstrong and his profession, man. New hope was saved through editing. And, and George Lucas's wife. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Jay, because you're talking about nitpicking. Like, uh, if you want to hear my nitpicking, and it's just because it's me thinking being a cheap person, was the Mandalorian is being very generous with his money. He gives her a lot of money, the waitress, the bartender at the place, you know, for the for the broth. Then he gives her some extra money and he says, Hey, watch the kid. And clearly she didn't watch the kid who's there with the soup watching him, which we all love because it's a cute scene. But I would immediately walk again like, hey, I told you to watch the kid. Give me my money back. Okay. I, I took it to mean that like when, when he paid her, he was trying to get more information about Cara he was. Dune. He was. And she yeah. didn't yeah. she didn't pick up on it because she's such a backwater, you know. I mean, this is a backwater world. I don't think she gets that many you know tip-offs or payoffs right like because because immediately after like he gives her all of this extra money she's like oh i'll throw in some extra stuff and blah, blah, blah. you know like i don't think she actually picked up on it that's true but i said but the second time though he he gives her more money and he says watch after the kid yeah and then what do we see two seconds later the kid's outside so clearly she's the worst babysitter ever so I want my money back. Let lay off. I mean, she's got a lot of tables, you know, and that kid, you know him. He pushes a lot of buttons. He does. I mean, he's wearing what, like a billion dollars in whatever their currency is. So maybe it's just like Tim, he doesn't care about, you know, 10 oh, cents. Yeah. Or maybe. Yes. I mean, you can't, you guys, you can't cash in his armor, but anyway. You know what we can cash in on? We can cash in on a commercial break right now. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. <clears throat> um, so anyway, I, I did want to point out that uh, this this episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, I know. Yeah. So second female director, um, not only in a row, but for Star Wars. So way to finally get with the program. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that familial connection to Solo, since uh, her dad 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I, I know she did it because I remember, like, in that celebration video, I think they had, you know, they showed her and the other directors and stuff like that, like, bringing them mm-hmm. in or whatever. So, no, I, I thought she did a good job. Um, again, the story itself was kind of basic, uh, but I thought she, from a directing standpoint, it was an engaging, like, like. Yeah, I mean, she didn't write it. Um, I mean, she didn't take care of that boom mic scene, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> is that her fault or is that the editor's fault? Yeah, because I mean, I feel like it, it, it ultimately lays in the director's hands. So, dock and pay. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's edited out of there now. So, it, I mean, it was a very dark shot. I mean, you have to really be paying attention to see that boom mic. Sure. And 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 really, how how would people know? I mean, this is a Star Wars universe. It's just like some metal, you know, background. So I've been in I've been in New York since it dropped. So I watched it on my laptop. So it wasn't like the best like crystal 4K vision like I have at home. So I, I did not notice it or see it. I watched it on my phone. So the first time. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um. So uh, a couple other things about this episode. Um, we we see that droids are are clearly like this this thing of of uh like they're kind of like the lift or the uber of <laughs> you know and, i mean what, you know uh, is that, is that a, it's not an r5 it's not is that an r4 it kind of looks like an r6 an R no i'm i'm not R3 um clear. i thought r3 is r3 is clear r3 is yeah. clear yeah that's why i went no it, it, it did look like an r4, r4 just r4 it looked like the same one that got blasted in the last episode yeah yeah, because there was an R four driving the the mm. little cart in in the last chapter. So I just thought it was kind of an interesting. R four is the more conical shaped head, so mm-hmm. that's not that that was. Oh, here we go. I got, we got a. I'm looking. I found a. Uh, oh, looks like R six. That's an R six droid. Oh, it's an R six. There we go. Or it looks closer to an R six by the looks of it. Yeah. Um. What what else can we can we uh, point out about this episode? Uh, the Klatuin, the Klatuin, Why can't I not say this? Klatuins? Um They looked dog face. They looked different than their Return of the Jedi like um, you know breed or what have you that was on Jabba's barge. They just looked a little different. So which is fine. I just was kind of like. I mean, you know, the latex probably dried out in the 40 years. You know, <laughs> and, uh, so they had to make some other ones. Yeah, so it's the same as like Yoda and. Uh, the, the last Jedi I thought looked a little fatter in the face than how I remember. Wait, wait, supposed to be the same species as like the warthog dudes? No, no, no. The the uh, the guy that puts puts Luke in the pit in the Sarlacc pit with the yeah. It's supposed to be the same same race. He's oh, wearing yeah. the, he's, he's wearing the red the red. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's I mean I have that action figure. Right, and it looks different, right? Like they look, yeah. the face looks a lot maybe, different. Maybe you have regional differences, you know, like just like the race of uh, Homo sapiens has a lot of different looks and a lot of variations, so it could have differences. I, I'm not here to judge. I just noticed that they they had. Why are you being such a Klatuian racist, man? I just, <laughs> <laughs> only one is legitimate in your eyes. Like, look, I'm just a Nick two purist, you know. So. <laughs> There was some the the one thing that we haven't addressed yet that I thought was actually a really interesting question that hasn't been addressed yet is that how is Baby Yoda still being tracked? I mean, Hmm. not that we know the answer to this, but you know, clearly everyone had fobs to see the kid, and you think as an experienced bounty hunter, 
that he would say, "Oh, is there a tracking device in your clothes? You know, like where is it?" Well, that's, that's a good. That's a good point because I. I mean, that does bring up a like, yeah, how do they, you know? And the, the original client basically like could only give them like he couldn't even um, other yeah. other than that tracking device. You know, you couldn't give them much information. So um, it makes you wonder like, is there something, an implant or what have you? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be like connected to like his actual like DNA or something. That's what I was. Oh, that's what, that's what that yeah. tag would never go away. Like if it's actually hooked up to some type of genetic part of his body. So how do you stop that from stop. happening? I don't think you do. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Like, what is his plan now? Like, what is the Mandalorian's plan? You know, because clearly he found a backwater planet and thought this would be good enough, but it wasn't yeah. good enough. So he's got to do something. He's got either he has to probably return back to. Billy D. Williams. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, it's inside joke for everybody. It's Carl Weathers. Um, he has to, you know, he has Grief Carga. Yeah, is the character's name. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he clearly has to go back to the where it is and get him to cancel this signal. You know, to let the baby Yoda have some kind of chance at living. Um, in the trailer, we we actually saw or the trailer for the Mandalorian that, that was released so long ago, we actually saw death troopers, which we have, they have not appeared yet in, in this series. Um, and uh, I, I can only imagine that uh, there, there will be some other kind of showdown with the, the empire dealing with, with this baby Yoda. So, um, and uh, I mean, it, it does bring up like, like the, the, the hit man that we see or the, the assassin that kind of comes in or the bounty hunter at the very end, which again, uh, really lucky that, uh, all of these people that are about to kill you, you know, <laughs> just end up dead. Um, yeah, I was like, there, there, there's something that game of Thrones is like programmed in my head. I was like, Oh damn, they're going to kill him off this soon. And uh, then, oh, no, this is Disney. That's not this is Disney. It's <laughs> that moment. It was like, Oh damn. Can you imagine the backlash? Right? It's all of oh, a sudden maybe Yoda died. <laughs> oh god but i mean we that's i what i do what i did enjoy about it though is yes disney disney so that probably wouldn't happen but since it's a new story and we don't know how it ends like mm-hmm. and obviously we don't see a baby yoda yet in the uh episode seven eight maybe he shows up in nine who knows but um it, it could happen i mean he could die right uh they all died in uh rogue one so mm. I, my my thought Spoiler, too is- i'm sorry <laughs> My my thought too was was uh, you know because I kept thinking that season one was going to focus on 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 just this this bounty or this story and that maybe perhaps season two would move on to something else with with the love affair that uh, the entire nation and and world now has with Baby Yoda if they did do that if this season ends with like Baby Yoda like bye bye see you later we're going our separate ways how would Disney rectify that i mean there's you know like well we gotta go back to baby yoda we gotta get more of that baby, baby yoda. yoda gets his own series man <laughs> like um, babies yeah. well I, my theory is and i know maybe it's like a theory that's out there that obviously snoke is some type of like kind of aborted clone of baby yoda and that's why the the first order or this new first order was so obsessed with getting him and having that camino cloner um mm kind of wanting to pull that genetics. Looks so maybe he's pulling that genetic whatever. And that's how Snoke is so powerful in the force because he's just some type of like genetic kind of like half 
half-baked uh, recreation of whatever Yoda species is with maybe a human or something, and that's why he's so powerful. Um, yeah, I get so I, I be, Go ahead. Listen, I got I got Ralph good. He, that was Ralph's theory last week. He was talking about... Oh, like, was it? Okay. Well, not not totally, uh, but like, yeah. he was talking about like, how, yeah, like maybe like he's like, you know, the 10th version of this, some kind of clone. I was like, oh, so they're doing the alien resurrection plot, you know, where it's just like, you know, we just keep copying Ripper. Right. Cause I mean, he's like, maybe like a hat. He's definitely that, uh, it isn't like in the tubes or whatever in that movie. Like there's like that right. kind mm-hmm. of crappy human hybrid. Um, kind of works there. Mm-hmm. Well, the, uh, the dark empire series, um, comic comic series that came out post return of the Jedi. It was one of the, you know, there was two storylines that came out you know, 10 years after, after we had returned the, or not 10 years after return of the Jedi, but it was about 10 years after near the 10 year anniversary, right? 89, 91, somewhere in that, that range, I guess it was 91. Mm-hmm. We had heir to the empire, um, which led uh, eventually to a clone of Luke and, uh, yeah. and in the last uh, book of that series. And then we also had the dark empire series, which had clones of the emperor, the emperor had a cloning facility where he was cloning his own body and then transferring his essence into these, these clones uh, in order to live. So um, my thought about the, the midi-chlorians and this kind of relates to, and I, I may have mentioned watching resistance, which. Uh, yeah. You said you weren't a fan. I'm not a fan, but they did, they have brought up um, in star Wars resistance, these, you know, kids that are kind of on the run from the first order and the fact that the first order has been stealing kids for a long time, mm-hmm. perhaps getting force sensitive kids to take their midichlorians, maybe for some nefarious purpose, whether it's for the emperor or for Snoke. So I could, I could definitely see the, this tying in loosely without drawing big overarching bows too. So, but I don't know. Um, I, I do wonder how they'll they'll rectify this if, if this baby Yoda will always be hunted. I mean, I, I can't imagine like what are we going to get season nine of this show where they're still on the run? You know, it's like every it worked for the Fugitive, right? The TV show, so and and Hulk. So yeah, that's yeah. Like, like the end of every show is him like like walking down the the highway. Yeah, I don't know. I I think. I think that we shouldn't see baby Yoda except for a few episodes, maybe in the future after this first season, like I could see, you know, someone saying, Oh, I can now that, you know, the, the tracking has been disabled or whatever, you know, you, we, we know people, you don't have to show Luke or you don't show you know whoever, but like you could be like, Hey, we know people who can help him with his powers, you know, and like basically in, you know, saying that we're going to give him to the, the new Jedi order or, you know, mm-hmm. it could be anything or we could just put him in seclusion. And then like, you know, like season four or something like that of the Mandalorian, you see like a, a teenage, like almost like a baby, I mean, a teenage group now, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. Cause I mean, it, since he's 50 and he's like a toddler, then yeah. probably actually getting to the point where he's, you know, of an adult or a young adult is going to be well past the uh, yeah, Awakens trilogy. So true, true. like, and that could be something that kind of picks up after whatever happens in rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that's the end of like the episodes, like the teenage baby Yoda <laughs> coming out. Like, don't worry, Ray. I got it from here. <laughs> what, what do you say in proper English, though? Is it is, it, is, is, the, is the speech uh, you know learned or is it inherited? What do you oh my yeah, right. It's that's the um, <clears throat> I, I feel like nature. the speech is learned. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it would be. But yeah, but then he just gives like a really cheesy thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the G.I. Joe episode. Yeah, right? <laughs> Play, cue the cheesy Top Gun music or whatever. Just like, yeah. down, 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 down. <laughs> so what do you think, what do, what do you make of this, the music that we're getting so far, Jay? As a, as a music music aficionado, are you are you enjoying the sound? I, I like you... it. It's a little it's a little bit plug and play. Like I feel like he's kind of come up with like five themes that he kind of just repeats. So it's not as it's not like a John Williams score. Even what Michael Giacchino did with the Lost TV series, where it's like live new compositions every single episode that tie in directly with what's happening. Um, to me, it's more copy and paste, kind of his main themes, and kind of just plugging it in there. Which there's nothing wrong with it. I I, I really like the music. It it kind of ties into that uh, a neo Morricone, uh, you know, western spaghetti western kind of feel, which is probably what they're going for. But also tying into like more um, John Williams romantic type scores um, that he's influenced by. So I I really enjoy it. Yeah, I I like that we're getting a, a basically a new. Uh, I mean, how they're doing the soundtrack is that as the episode is released, um, a new a new score is is released for that episode. So they're they're unique, individual. You know, and there's not going to be like a end of the season like you get the whole season. So I will say that while I do enjoy it, the Trent Reznor Atticus Ross score to Watchmen is better, mm -hmm. but it is <laughs> very good. I, I it's it's not bad by any means. To touch down on on that uh, Watchmen um, aspect, because we we talked about this right before we recorded, and I, I made the the correlation between the the two properties. You have Watchmen and you have The Mandalorian, both pulling from previous source material, um, you know that that existed essentially in the '80s, right? So, uh, and one is basically taking stories that are kind of you know westerns, you know, and just kind of wrapping it in that. Uh, uh, dressing of Star Wars, and then you have Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like I think there's something to say about, but it, that's sticking to what what Star Wars is, which is kind of like rehashed, you know, serials from you know Flash Gordon or whatever. Yeah, based, um, based on mythology. Yeah, classic. Yeah, mythology. yeah, yeah, and um, and uh, Watchmen, the original comic, was very much about what was the pressing things of the day, like very topical to like, you know, the, the you know the fear of nuclear annihilation, but from the context of like comic book heroes yeah. um, where, you know, now it's okay. What's one oppressing topic of the day, white supremacy or in, in the, that climate, but it's still through the, the perspective of superheroes, people that wear costumes. Yeah. Um, I feel like both are kind of true to the original core of what they were. Um, but I, I do appreciate probably Watchmen more in that it does feel like it's pushing that story forward more. Um, but it is a discount that Mandalorian's a very like satisfying and enjoyable show, yes. and, and like episode three to me was just like so freaking good. Um, yeah. Where you know just like I I like I, I I had tears, and then there's just that moment where all the the other Mandalorians show up. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I was just watching it by myself in my house on my couch. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> for nobody, but just myself. Like, yeah, Like that feeling's great. And I think that's something that star Wars at its best is when it's like getting you to be like, yeah, 
no, no, that's, no, that's that's very that's very true. Um, and and the Mandalorian is obviously something that that I can watch with my kids, my family. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna sit down. And, hey, kids, let's watch Watchmen. Guess what? This <laughs> character at the end. Spoiler alert: There's a hammer. Um, so, you know, there's it's, it, it always pushes and Watchmen, even with the the original uh, 12 issues, you know, there's there's some really gritty stuff that happens in those oh, yeah. issues that that pushes you to really think, you know, and really be like, I mean, rocks you to your core. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, like you like you said, you know, the Star Wars or the Mandalorian, like there there is those feel good moments, you know, whether it's it's Baby Yoda pushing buttons or Mandalorians coming, you know, arriving to save the day. So. Um. Well, great. Uh, any other thoughts about this this episode before we we wrap up here? Yeah the the kid. I know it was a bit part, but uh, couldn't we have found a better the the, you know, the the woman's kid? Yeah, the daughter. Wait. You know, I, I know it was a bit role, but couldn't we have found a better actor? I I thought he was fine. What was wrong with the woman's <laughs> kid? I'm just messing. Uh, Trying to be Jack on this. I mean, yeah. I, I know he was hurt that I didn't invite him. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he, did, he, did, he did overact a little bit. You know, like, he's so cute. Everyone was thinking that, but you know. but hold on, isn't like everybody in the world like he's so cute? Like, I feel like that's an honest reaction. Yeah, I, I thought that that was probably like the the one thing. Like all the kids show up and they're they're just gushing over Baby Yoda. I was like, finally, like, this is I, the, I didn't the audience. I, I feel bad. I, I didn't listen to the episode my wife was on, but like, I don't know if she did it several times with, with you guys because she says it every five seconds when we're watching the show. I was like, hey, oh. Baby Yoda is so cute. She, so, like, did, it is. You, you would have laughed, Jay. Um, she did say cute, I know, at least once. You know, he said cute. Yeah, she, but what made us laugh as hosts is because we're so used to the Ramble cast and this format of just speak when you want to speak. And Kyle, you'd see her in our little windows here. She'd just be like, she's raising a hand everyone out there to you know so she wants her proper turn to speak you're like you're so polite you're so sweet Kali the the broadcasters I guess are a lot more uh, civilized than uh they are the lightsaber rabble casters. <laughs> they, they are. Yeah, you, you guys are uh, Hans blasters. To, oh yeah, to, to whoever she first gets it out. So. <laughs> um, and, and what do you think of the McClunky? Since we have you on the, the 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 show, you know we can talk about a little bit more other Star Wars news. The the McClunky ad uh, to A New Hope. Have you have you seen that part? Oh yeah. Um... Uh, so here's the thing. Like, I have the despecialized editions, and that's just that's what I watch. And I just live in a world where I just enjoy the originals, and I don't <laughs> have to worry about the countless things added and revised to the. But oh, I did. That actually brings up a brand thing that I also wanted to ask because sure. there is the 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 ongoing debate of like viewing order, like if you're showing somebody it for the first time, and I think mm-hmm. most of us is if landed in that. Uh, uh, was it the machete edit or the mm-hmm. uh, you know I think it's an, it's the guy who came up with its name but like you know episodes four five then one two three and then yeah. everything after but but I think uh, who was it uh, probably was Boston that said that you know like now like you know you can even go like Rogue One four five then do episode three only then go to six just skip one and two all together because they're really I, not I, that important to the overall plot. But then I think we were talking about it and I thought the same thing, but I was like, after watching Phantom Menace again, I was like, I thought it was actually, even though sure it doesn't tie in directly to the Skywalker 
saga so much. I was like, I thought it, it deserves to be seen. I don't think it deserves just to be completely omitted from. And so, you, so I, I saw another one, which is called the time machine uh, viewing, which is you watch the original trilogy. If you can get the despecialized editions on HD or some type of DVD version. So you watch the original trilogy. Then you watch one, two, three. Then you watch whatever the current special edition four, five, six, then the whatever. So that way you experience it as it was. And then the prequels actually support the original. And then you can watch the special ver- specialized editions um, that where all those add-ons make sense because uh, George Lucas tried to shoehorn in everything oh. in the prequels to the original, the original series. True. Like the ending um, thought- thing of, of Jedi. Yeah, like so. Yeah. If you if you do you know the machete order, but use the despecialized ones, the end of Return of the Jedi just won't make sense. It's like who's this like weird mm. Artie mm. Shog or whatever his name is um, uh, there? That's not Anakin Skywalker. Um, but if you do you know the originals despecialized, so you experience it. Then one, two, three. Then bring in the special editions. Then it makes a more cohesive story. It's a really long way to go about it, but I thought it was interesting. <laughs> As the the never-ending argument of how to watch the series goes on, I thought it was an interesting kind of new angle to take with watching Star Wars. Yeah, no, that's um, yeah, I like that. I um, in in other Star Wars news, I also wanted to mention the Billy D. Williams. I mean, we've 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 talked about about him on the show um, a lot. In reference, well, he's been great on Mandalorian, according to Boston. According to Boston. But he's been great in the news recently with the fact that he came out as identifying as gender fluid, which for for a man of his age to to be that open and, and to, to I mean, he has oh. nothing to gain by saying this. I thought he meant that as the character. I didn't know that he said it himself. Oh, because I re- well, to me, like, and that's where I kind of like anybody that fucking. So oh, sorry. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> anybody that smooth as a human, like I just feel like is generally a more fluid individual anyway. Like that's why I always kind of thought Lando, it just made sense that Mm -hmm. he's down to clown with anybody. It doesn't matter what species of alien or whatever they are. I was like, Lando doesn't care. Like (laughs) Lando's going to be good with whomever. Like, so I, to me, it doesn't really seem like that out of left field. And even that's like Lando is Billy D Billy D is also just like, like just a really smooth dude that, yeah. or a smooth person that can kind of be with whomever. I don't like that. To me, I never really. It's it makes sense. So cool for him for coming out with that or whatever. Yeah. Even when I was a kid, I always thought when uh, when Han shows up at Bespin, you know, and he says, "You got a lot of guts coming here after what you pulled." I always wondered what that really meant. You know, <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, "Man, it's like if Billy D's shunning him, then Han really messed up." <laughs> well, and, and sadly, we're never going to get a, a solo two. Um, we might, we might. Yeah, I mean, I mean, okay. I, it's not. Like, like, I mean, like, like we've kind of talked about. Yeah. Like, I, I think if they, you know, what they are doing with the Obi Wan series, if they do like a ten part or whatever part Obi Wan series, I think there should be it'd be neat to to have in some of those characters because it's going to be in the same time frame, hopefully. Sure. That you could you could throw in some Han on um, Tatooine. You could throw in some uh, all that. And, yeah. and there's rumors about a Darth Maul series. I don't know if that would work. 
I feel like just tie it into the Obi-Wan series or, mm-hmm. or if they do go into Han Solo, because that seemed like what they were setting up anyway with the right. Han Solo movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just, ha- I don't, maybe that's how they do it. Maybe that they continue that Han Solo story through the, the Darth whole, Maul series or whatever. I don't, I don't know if any series based around a Sith character could work because, you know, all you would see is just thing, but nothing but betrayal and uh, just constantly, you know? Because um, the uh, the Force Unleashed video game, which also they made into a comic book as well, um, it, it does a very good job of showing that, like what it's like to be an apprentice and how you know you, you're trying to please your master and how doesn't matter what you do, there the master is always looking out for themselves, you know, and is going to throw you under the bus every time. And it's like I just think that would be really depressing if they made a Darth Maul. Because <laughs> I mean, Darth Maul is. Um, you know, what's that, that God, you know, that always rolls the boulder up the hill. I mean, that's, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's what he is. I mean, he's just, he's, he, he will fail every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, especially with the characters that he runs into and, yeah. and, his, and his ultimate demise. Uh, it is a tragic story. Like, yeah. When you get into it for sure. Yeah. Um, my, my hope was that they would always do a sequel to solo, but just call it Lando and have yeah. Lando have his own and then tell the story of solo through, through Lando. Cause Everybody loved, um, the, you know, the casting of absolutely. Yeah, Donald, Donald Glover's Donald Lando. Glover. He did great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did a fantastic job. Yeah, because we we talked about that. Like, uh, I've forgotten what we talked about, but <laughs> we talked about like you know, there's so many things left to do, um, with Lando and Han, and like, uh, and we could even show that like, uh, oh, like that's what it was. How how did uh, Han? dump his cargo and you know at the mm-hmm. first sighting of an imperial ship like right. you could easily say like lando is you know doing some, some some shady stuff just to screw over han to get his ship back or whatnot and he's making han look bad in front of everything he's doing i mean because they're both scoundrels so yeah. i mean that could be an interesting twist that like lando's behind all this to to make han be miserable you know yeah but there's yep. a lot of story left to go if they wanted to and um yeah no no totally i i i'm with you on that um well i don't want this uh this uh krill spacha to to you know <laughs> too unwell in anybody's uh stomachs you know so we'll keep it keep it under an hour here um <laughs> and i keep asking you guys for any last thoughts and, and we keep getting derailed but uh at this point though i think it's i think it's worth Noting that, uh, I mean, we are recording this on Cyber Monday, but um, there's still plenty of time to uh, put in your orders um, and using our Amazon affiliate link through uh, amazon.com slash janjack um, or go over to Patreon um, at patreon.com slash janjack. Become a patron member at a dollar or more. I, my my goal, and uh, you know, this December is really tricky uh, because there's so much Star Wars and uh, so much family time and uh, schedules being what they are. So we will do our best on getting these these shows out to everyone. But my my goal or my hope was to actually have a live show for our, our last uh, Mandalorian um, uh, episode to cover um, much in the same way as we're doing for Watchmen. So uh, so we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll keep you posted on that. But uh, that will be a, a patron level uh, supported podcast. And um Let's see. Uh, at 
this time, I think it's a good time to to thank our, our patrons that make this possible. I know uh, Jay still thinks that Tack lives in Tokyo, but he actually is from uh, Tatooine. Um, <laughs> I like the alliteration. I just like the alliteration of Tokyo better. <laughs> and I like the alliteration of Tack from Tokyo. Uh, Eckhart from the Empire, Ed the Imperial Letter Carrier, Maggie the Mandalorian, <laughs> Joanne with the Stolen Death Star plans, and Drake, you're the Death Star today. <laughs> how much we care. Thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for making this podcast happen, as well as we thank all of our patrons for, for making this show possible. And check out some of the other Jay and Jack podcasts out there. I guess Jay, our, our owner, our, our leader, extraordinaire, uh, will be on some of those. But uh, check out the Ramblecast, of course, the broadcast. Um, and I guess Jack's on some shows too. So a couple, yeah. just a couple. So Jay has fobs on all of us. <laughs> we can't get too far away from him that, that sounds that sounds about right <laughs> all right great show guys one in a krill <laughs> nice see you bye